Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Two Girls, One Shop. We are the two girls, Charlie and Nina, and the one shop is Sex Shop. Sorry, I've just interrupted the podcast, but with good reason. Ladies, tell the listeners why I've just interrupted this podcast. Well, because we've got some awesome deals for you on a T-shirt company called SOS Clothing. They sell hoodies and T-shirts with really cool designs on. Um, And they are giving our listeners a three for two deal. If you type in two girls at the checkout. Wow. Discount code is two girls. Is that number two or all letters? That's all letters. So T-W-O-G-I-R-L-S. And the website is www.sosclothing.co.uk? That is correct. Go get stuck in, support the podcast, wear the garms. Got anything to add to that, Nina? They do our merch as well. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get back to the podcast. We start in. Oh, hello and welcome to another episode of Two Girls One Shop with the absolutely beautiful Stuart Whiffin. Hello. <laughs> Stunning, Stuart. Thank you. I thought you was going. I thought you were setting up Charlie for a a, a, a lovely intro and uh, drop my haggard old man face in instead. Lovely. Thank you very much. Well, I'll, I'll take the opportunity to welcome uh, Charlie, who's uh, not only here to do a podcast, but to fight crime by the looks of you today. <laughs> I am wearing a, a fancy cape today. Yeah. yeah. I think cape should be a thing anyway. There, I, I've got a mate called Liam, and he loves a cape. Like, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and it, I mean, he, he, he rocks it as well. He's kind of got that Noel Fielding thing. Fielding likes a cape. Oh, like, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you don't see him that much anymore. I'd quite like to just kind of navigate the streets of London and every now and again just kind of pull my cloak up, you know, over my over my lower half of my face and just, you know, be a bit of a like... Jack the Ripper style. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of sinister Victorian kind of chic. Yeah. Don't know why I'm aspiring to be a serial rapist. That sounds quite fucking bleak, oh, doesn't it? More like a sexy little red riding hood. Oh, right. But you've gone completely the other Sorry. end of the- <laughs> Just went a bit fucking went a bit rogue there. Sorry about that. I forgot myself for a moment. <laughs> I I'm just gonna be quiet for a bit. <laughs> right. How are you, Charlie? What are you doing? What are you saying? You've been up to much this week. No, I've hurt my back, hence uh, Fancy Cape. Oh, gee. I've got, um, yeah, I know. 
I know. We're recording late as well today, aren't we? Mm. Yeah. We don't normally record this late, so I am really in a lot of agony right now. Yeah. You know, like um, when elderly people are like, my joints hurt. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think like when you're when you're like a bit younger, like in your twenties, you think, oh my god, I'm exhausted. But when you get to like a certain age. You're not just exhausted, but like your body is like aching and like pulsating with pain. Yeah. yeah. Just from bit, just from having a day of just being a, a normal day. Relatable. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So I've got the fancy um heat heat cape on. It's it's a <laughs> it's a mad looking thing. It's kind of draped over your shoulders, and it looks like someone's kind of um like hacked the arms off a, a puffer jacket and sort of flung them over your shoulders. But it looks like it's quite heavy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really weighty. It's like kind of getting, it's really sad, but it's like getting like a warm hug from someone. Jesus Christ. I think, from what I can remember, it was kind of like this. <laughs> Keep it light, Charlie. Fucking hell, we've only been going three minutes. It reminds me of the touch of another human being. <laughs> Oh, dear. I'm just going to go and get a cab. I'm going to go around and give Charlie a cuddle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm welling up here. <laughs> oh, God. Well, luckily, in episode four today, we're talking about nice customers. Oh, that's so good. Cheer everyone up again with some nice stories. Once. Yeah. Okay. All the, like, we go on a lot about all the absolutely horrendous specimens that walk into the shop, but... Throughout the years, there have been some quite nice people. I don't, are they nice or are they just nice in comparison? I, I but well, I, we, we'll find out. But I imagine they're just probably just normal courteous people. But the fact that and I and I will use the phrase that you use, specimens, um, <laughs> have been pretty horrific, haven't they? Uh, over the the recent four seasons. So I think anybody that maybe even just sort of says hello. Uh, yeah. and, and doesn't, you know, take a shit in the shop or, or piss in your doorway. <laughs> yeah. The people just poke their head in yeah. and don't actually and just fuck off. Yeah. They're the nice people. I mean, just on that, do you get many people, like when someone comes in the shop, um, would you um, ever go, if they were just looking... Are you aware that I'm just thinking of myself in that situation, and maybe I'm just—I uh, I, I imagine I'm not alone in this. If, like, you know, it's quite well established, people have followed the socials that use use a two, you know, attractive young women, uh, and if one of them just went, "Can I help you?" I think I'd be like, "Oh my fucking god!" Like, uh, no thanks, I was just looking, and then leave. Like, is, is are you aware that like maybe asking somebody that might be a bit awkward if they need help could be like making that whole experience even worse or are they generally quite uh yeah like uh, are people like i'm just talking about some nice people in general do you know where i'm going with this kind of this analogy of like yeah i know yeah yeah i do i know what you're saying we do have yeah we do get people that look freaking terrified yeah that come in and then you've got the people that will come in not speak leave and then come back like an hour later some people have to go and get a pint, <laughs> leave and go and have a pint and then come back. Or seven. Um, 
pints sometimes. Yeah. I, um, I think now, after these these podcasts, I think if I was to frequent uh, an adult store and someone just went, can I help you? I think I'd just be like, yes, please. I think like I'd, I'd have a chat now. I'd engage. Well, that's the highest of compliments, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it sounds like you've always got the best of intentions. It just feels like you've been dealt a pretty shit fucking hand. Yeah, I think so. Some people do just find us intimidating anyway. Like, I don't know whether it's because we're just us or whether it's intimidating being approached by someone when you're really trying not to be approached by someone. But you, from from my experience of knowing you, you, you know, you certainly give off um, uh, an, an air of confidence. Like, um, and I think, like, maybe I don't know, maybe somebody that's thinking, "Oh my god, I've got to literally go in and ask someone about a pair of pants or a vibrator." Like, it, yeah, it might be even more intimidating. I don't know. I just, I'm just trying to sort of put myself in that situation. I don't think I'm there anymore. I feel that like I have, you know, I do get more of an understanding that it is just a job and, and yeah. We ruined you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting, actually. I'd be quite interested to know how many other people feel the same way after listening to this. Hmm. Yeah. Because it is quite a general thing. I do think, like, the majority of the population, from what I've seen, are intimidated going into a sex shop. Yeah. Or, like, have preconceived thoughts of what it's going to be like. They just isn't like that. And we are very grateful for just someone that comes in and asks for something and then leaves without shitting, (laughs) pissing, coming... (laughs) Vomiting. <laughs> um. Uh, t- t- yeah. T- two questions there. I mean, not even a question. The, the second one's a question. Firstly, um, I mean, get in touch, listeners. Let us know if uh, if you now you know if you've always been comfortable walking into an adult you know store, and or if you haven't and you now feel like because I know when I first reached out to you and said about doing this. I think I probably used the phrase, it'd be great to get a kind of peek behind the curtain of a world that you don't generally get to see behind. Everybody's got very, you know, predetermined uh, ideas of what it's going to be like. And, and like you say, I know a lot of, a lot of people are probably intimidated walking into, you know, their, them shops. So I'd, I'd be interested to know, like, if any of the listeners, it's kind of changed their perception of that. And, and secondly, surely no one's ever come in your shop you joking? I mean... I've got a story about a member of staff that was caught on CCTV using one of the sex toys. Before we talk about nice people, <laughs> let's talk about this. Uh, is, it, is it a man or a woman? <laughs> this one was a woman, but there has been a man through the grapevine, but not that I saw, but I heard about a man doing it. Oh, well, let's discuss and... both of them. <laughs> I was also in the shop once when um, this is in a different store. I think I might have spoken about this before. Actually, no, I don't think I have. It was in a different store I was covering, and this guy came in and laid on the floor, looked underneath the fit-in room door where this woman was trying stuff on and started wanking. 
Yeah. It was a freaking horrific, you know, when you just so like, I was so scared and like my heart was going a million miles an hour and I could barely even think to even like say like stop or call someone or it's just completely like, I mean, froze me on the spot. That's like a fucking episode of Luther or something. That's fucking <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is. So yeah, people have come. Yeah, come. you come. Like when you're cleaning those windows, like the um, the mirrors in the changing rooms, I've lost count of the amount of times I've had to wipe spunk off of them. <laughs> Fucking yeah. hell! Well, when we used to have curtains instead of doors, it was oh, like oh god, that was even worse. They're like stiff yeah. as fucking cardboard. That <laughs> use it as like a cloth. Yeah, at least take a sock in with you, Jesus. Um, (laughs) and so you've a member of your staff, a a woman was caught knocking one out. (laughs) It was really weird because she was actually being watched because, um, stuff, uh, some cash went missing out till right. Um, so she was being watched for that just to, like for a day's work just to see what she was doing and she went round into the toy section and started masturbating with one of the clitoral toys in the on the shop floor on the shop floor while the shop was open fucking <laughs> oh, hell this is a snapshot into like a completely new genre of people like i just most episodes, I'm a little bit taken back, but I'm quite surprised that somebody that works in an adult store, when it's open, decides to just, I might give this one a go, see what this is like. So I might go in the bathroom. No, no do you know, I won't go in the bathroom. I'll just stand here in the no, middle of the shop. Sucking off plates. Oh, yeah, good point, yeah. Bathroom? Yeah. Like doing a line in the office off of, like, the fucking handbook. Like, so I don't know why you're surprised that they're having a wank. Like. I mean, if you missed last week's episode, there's a snapshot into uh, (laughs) what you missed. Go check that one out. (laughs) Oh, my life. Okay, right. So tell tell me a story, Nina. Tell me something nice today. Well, sometimes we have really nice people come in. Um, come in, not come in. Come in, yes. Yeah. Enter the shop. Right. M- not um, wank all over it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes there's some really nice people, actually, and you sort of build up like a little friendship with like regular customers and and they come in over like the course of like years. Obviously, we've been there for a long time, so... We'd get Christmas cards and like little treats and things bought in for us. Um, we were asked on like nice, genuine dates by people. Did you ever? You know. Did you ever go on one? Um, one of them was that like guy that cry wanked. So yes, I did go on one of them. Cry wank was season one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I have um, been on a date with. A customer. Okay. Um, that was the first and last, I believe. Um, have you been on a date with any of the customers, Charles? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Call seven. That didn't reflect too good on you, Nina. <laughs> oh. I don't, 
I don't date anyone, let alone people that know where I work. Yeah, well, this was a long time ago, so obviously I learned my lesson very quickly. Yeah. Um, but we used to get, like, staff used to get asked that all the time. Do you remember when Chloe had that um, guy that, like, invited her to Nando's with very strict instructions about what she could and couldn't order? Yeah. He wrote, <laughs> didn't he write it on, like, a postcard? Yeah, wrote and, like, it on posted a it. Yeah. Uh, that's a first date? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And then um, old Kerry got invited to that um, murderer's um, barbecue, didn't she? Oh, yes, it's 50th, yeah. Yeah. And he was a a murderer. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. Like, convicted? Well, no, not convicted, but genuinely he is a murderer. And he's also a sex offender because um, he's been caught, like, wanking on the bus. Or was it the train? Bus. No, train. That la- the last time was the train. Oh, the last time was the train. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Need to say. Yeah. Just get the specifics. <laughs> Just got to put a warning out to people. Yeah. Be vigilant. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were going to talk about him, but I was, it was like deemed not actually that funny because he did murder um, a woman. Right. So. Yeah, probably leave that one well alone then. Yeah. Let's talk about some people that are nice. <laughs> Everything starts <laughs> off nice and everything just ends up oh, fucking no, grubby, I know, doesn't I, it? I, I, but sometimes we do have nice customers, so they buy us little treats and give us Christmas cards and such. Anyway, we did have this old fella who came in with his daughter, an old French man. Um, and right, you can't just say old French man, right, because already I'm picking, like, I'm thinking beret, stripy top. Like, just, just give me the kind of, what was the outfit? Holding a baguette, <laughs> string of garlic around his neck. What, what, yeah. what, just give us a little, paint a little picture of him. He was just this doddery, tiny old man. He must have been like 
God, well into his 80s, wasn't he, Charles? Oh, yeah, at least, yeah. Well, he was, um, it turned out that he was an artist in the Second World War. He must say, you say he was, like, in his 80s, and the fact that you've said that he come in with his daughter instantly makes me think this is going to just become horrible. Because any time you've mentioned anything like that before, it's instantly fucking gone on a really bleak tangent. Well, yeah, but they were from France. So she couldn't speak English, his daughter. So he was kind of just following her around translating. I don't think they really knew what they'd stumbled into other than just a lingerie store, which I think is, I don't know, sounds French anyway. So they might be used to that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, lingerie. Um, Yeah, so it wasn't at all. It was just, and he was just chatting to us. He wasn't like getting involved in what she was doing. He was just translating every now and then. She asked for something, but I can speak a little tiny bit of French, so I was uh, chatting away to her. Going above and beyond. That's a good level of service yeah. there, Charlie. <laughs> what 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 was the daughter's kind of business? What was she just getting some undies? Because I imagine yeah, she, she wasn't was... getting anything else if she was with her dad. No, she was just buying just uh, basics, so bras and knickers. Um. But yeah, the dad anyway, and we were chatting and he turned out to be an artist that um, did a cartoon during the Second World War. And um, he was adamant that he wanted to paint a picture of me. So I was like, taken aback and like, no, 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 don't do that. You know, it's a bit overwhelming, someone that's like walked in and they're like, oh my God, sacre bleu, I want to paint a picture of me. <laughs> Um, so anyway, he roughly sketched me and then came in the next day with this huge painting of me. Wow. Sitting on like a swing with like trees and like little birds like around me. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was. I've got the. I've still got it. The painting. I'll um, dig it out and send you a picture. You need to put that on Instagram. That needs to go on the account. Listeners need to see this picture. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really amazing, and it really like. It was really like touching. I was like, oh my god, that's lovely. Because you know that I'm into art yeah. and all of that anyway. Um. So I thought that was really lovely, and then um, he decided to do everyone. So he he roughly sketched everyone, <laughs> but the paintings that he came back with for, for everyone else weren't as good as mine. Were they I just if you don't like us. Don't fucking offer to paint pictures of us. Like you could have just left it at Shah's. Like I'm not I'm not about to display this in like the main hall of my mansion. Yeah. Um, and he he came in and produced this picture of me. That was less than flattering. I was like, fucking huge. <laughs> it was like it was like he got the face spot on, but then just put it on Jabba the Hutt's body. Did you go? Oh, that's that's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, thanks. You really shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> and then I rolled it up, put it under my little arm, went out the back. Been. <laughs> There's no time for sentiments when you're going to make me look 20 stone heavier than I am. Oh, dear. 
rude. So you... But that wasn't even the worst one. Oh. But... The, the, the manager from last episode, she's, like, quite heavily tanned, like sunbed tanned. Yeah. And he bought in this painting of her and he quite obviously thought that she was a person of colour. Yeah. Uh, and it was like an exact um, representation of Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Did she like it? No, she was fuming. Yeah. <laughs> she was really angry at me, obviously, because I had the nice one. Yeah. I mean, but, I get yeah, that. No, I was... If someone's going to take the time <laughs> to paint you and you look like someone else or you look like you're at, like one of them mirrors at a fun fair that make you look fucking huge, <laughs> yet you look like a fucking angel singing in the darkness, yeah. I'd just be thinking, fuck off, Charlie, yeah. with your fucking picture. <laughs> I know, I was proper defending him as well because I loved him. <laughs> And everyone was like, oh, my God, this painting's shit. And I'm just, I just thought it was the loveliest thing ever, like, considering what people come in and do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. This is it was lovely. a compared to I'm going to wank over absolutely everything in this store. <laughs> but it doesn't make the picture good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if he would have come in and painted a good picture of you, but then knocked one out in the corner of the shop, which you have still got up. Oh, do you know what? I really like that picture? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> um, it's nice to be nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, I, I find, you know, in, in the places that I work, um, sometimes, I, I, you know, when you stand on the front door of a nightclub, Sometimes people kind of expect you to be like a a, a kind of, um, I don't know, a bit of a, you know, I don't know, stern kind of doorman type. And, and obviously I'm not a doorman or person. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I still think maybe just because I'm tall that people think maybe I'm unapproachable. But I do quite get quite a few people to just go like, why are you always moody? And I'm like, I'm really not. Like, I'm always, like, quite happy, and I'm always quite chirpy at work. And, like, I like when customers come in and, like, are really friendly. I think it's really nice. And, like, but... You do have quite a, like, sort of sad slash cross face, though. <laughs> oh, in general? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I know you, so I know that you're you're not like that. I don't. I can't recall one single time when you've been sad slash cross um, at either of us. Um, so I know that you're not like that. But I think probably, yeah, people do get that impression of you. Right. Do you think it's like my sad face that kind of makes Charlie feel comfortable starting the podcast off by saying she just has got a, a <laughs> fake cuddle because she's. <laughs> Misses that embrace of another human. <laughs> no, she's amongst friends. <laughs> I can sniff out your own. <laughs> oh, dear. 
Yeah, I think it's really nice when, like, sometimes like people sort of turn up at, at the club and they just, oh, hello, how are you doing? And I say, I don't know this person, but we're in. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. How are you? And like, and and I like that. But I think over lockdown, it felt that that people were were getting a little bit more friendly when you was having your daily walk and you'd see another human. It felt like people were just, oh, hello. It was, oh, hello. Missed this, haven't we? Like a little bit of chit chat and a bit of connection. I love all that. And it definitely feels that everyone's kind of just slipping back into that generic Essex kind of, yeah, arsiness. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was talking to someone about Liverpool the other day, and I had, like, preconceptions of going to Liverpool. Uh, and I went out in Liverpool, and I just thought, these are the friendliest people I've ever met. Like, literally everywhere I went, anyone bumps into you, they were just like, oh, sorry, mate, you are right? And it was just like this is amazing. Why isn't like where I live like that? And like, and also it, when you go on, like if you go to like the, the countryside or you go to the Lake District or, you know, the anywhere where there's, you know, like, villages and mountains and things like that, you always say good morning to people, right? You, you, yeah. I mean, you grew up in a village, right? Name. Yeah. And like, and is, is that still, you know, was that part of when you was, Growing up, well, people like standard practice, but then you notice when you come to like a town, and I just carried on doing the same thing. So I like smile at people walking down the road and say good morning and whatever. And me and Rebel just like, like you're right to everyone. Um, but people don't like it apparently. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just because they feel like? uncomfortable like communicating or do you think it's like do some people like find it intimidating like a stranger saying hello I mean surely the world's a better place for it I very much doubt that people were intimidated by me and my four-year-old daughter walking down the street saying good morning but um but um I think that it goes back to what we were saying actually before we started recording about trying to be unseen you know, when you're just trying to, like, go from A to B, you don't want anyone to acknowledge your existence. Yeah. That's – if I'm on my own, like, I don't mind when I'm out with my daughter because she walks at the pace of an actual snail. Um, so we have to talk to people because otherwise, how do you pass six hours? Um, so – but when I'm on my own, I try and be, like, incognito and just get in, get out, done. Yeah. I think that's, that's all it is. But people – definitely less friendly in town i don't know why i had um i tradesman ran today uh unfortunately it wasn't a very attractive electrician that just kissed me uh <laughs> go back to season three for that one um, <laughs> it was just like a couple of proper blokes that come around to do manual labor uh and it's pathetic how much i change in that environment like, and I just know I'm going to do it. And I'll just think, why am I going to do it? And like, and I'll just go out and like, and I won't say, do you want a cup of tea? Like, I'll just go, oh, boys, uh, do you want a brew? And like, and I oh, think, no. and I probably, I'll, I'll probably throw a fuck in there as well. And it's just like, what, why am I? Why? You were saying you weren't kissing him a minute ago. <laughs> what are you doing? But why am I trying to assert myself like, like I'm an alpha male? Because it's not because it's my own garden. I don't give a shit. But like, why is it when there's people that do manual labour, you know, or work on cars, that I feel less of a man? Like, why do I feel like I have to kind of just go like, uh, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Koya, I, I fucking love a pair of tits. I don't know why <laughs> I would ever have to feel like I need to talk like that because it's not me. And like, but I just feel like I've got to be some kind of idea of a geezer. Like, do, do women ever patriarchy? I know it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. And yeah, I just yes, I have something similar actually. Um, because I am one of those people that don't want to speak to people. Um, but when I'm in an environment where I'm having to speak to someone like a teacher or um, someone about my children, because I'm not like an overly motherly kind of type person. So um, I find that really intimidating to be around other parents, like at parties and stuff like that, because they're like, oh, my God, hasn't she grown? Oh, isn't she so sensible? And I'm just like, she's a little dick. Uh, do you know what I mean (laughs) but I I then have to play this like I go into this like mode of like mother mode where I just start talking like an absolute twat and I hate myself for it but I'm sitting there going oh yeah like for example the dance show that we spoke about last week she's gone to dancing today and they're like oh wasn't the show great last week and I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, it brought a little tear to my eye, all of them dancing around. I loved it. But it's I, that's a lie. Mm. That's an absolute lie. And I hear myself saying it, and I hate myself, but I have to play that part of doting parent. Do, do you, so I do get what you're saying. Do you, do you, do you watch Motherhood? Yeah, I love that. Is it Motherhood or Motherland? Uh, Motherland. Motherland. Yeah. 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 I mean, that yeah. epitomizes that kind of schoolgate mafia and, like, yeah. you know, that that mum thing that, like, I mean, and it's quite weird because dads sort of experience a similar thing. Like, I, uh, I got invited to a barbecue once when the kids were young and there was just like, mums were making friends with other mums. Uh, and I then had to go, like, to the barbecue and there was just loads of blokes talking about, cars and football and and the barbecue just talking about like barbecue like equipment <laughs> and I was just thinking yeah. I, think I bet none of these want to talk about the Smiths and like, <laughs> and like and I just thought this is this is in a gray area now because through years of working where I've worked and through years of working on building sites I can blag geezer i can get out of that environment a little bit the one that i spoke about earlier i can wing it but when it's people that have become like traders and gone up town and like and they're all wearing very very expensive watches and like a kind of a real and they're the sort of blokes that wear a polo shirt and it fits right i wouldn't be able to sit down if i wore a polo shirt because it cutting under me tits so like <laughs> i'd just awkwardly lean against something for the day like breathing in and like and and I can't wear what I'd normally wear at them kind of environments because, and you do, I just think, why not? Why don't I just turn up and just go like, oh no, football really bores me. I fucking hate cars. Like, uh, yeah, I couldn't <laughs> give a fuck about your barbecue, mate. Like, I want to talk about records. Like, and I know that, like, I can't, and like, and I can't, and they all want to talk about work. And I just think, if I talk about my work, even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Like, they're just going to think, well, that's fucking, that's not a proper job. Like, and yeah, so I find that it's fucking difficult navigating your way through life, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely as adults. Because yeah. as kids, you just turn up and just be like, this is it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and as much as I hate kids, I will gravitate towards the children and play with them. Yeah. I yeah. will talk into the parents because yeah. I don't. Yeah. I can't deal with that. Like, like you said, it's like, what do you say? Yeah. If I start being honest or I slip up and be myself. Yeah, don't do that. Then, Fucking hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just makes everything worse. Yeah, it does make it worse. And what makes it awkward as well is like I find myself talking to the dads because the dads tend to have more in common with me than the mums who won't entertain me. Oh, that 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 would get you on side with the mums. Well, exactly, but it's not my fault that you won't have nothing to do with me and they, like, dads will make just random conversation, like, oh, which one's yours? You know, they don't care which one's mine. Yeah. But then it starts a conversation. Um, but, yeah, oh. so I don't be someone else, but I do end up upsetting everyone by just getting on with it. I stepped up one year. And uh, and I got in touch with a school, and offered out offered to help out a fate. And I was like, "Yeah." Why would you do that? I just thought I'd do something good. I thought like um, there was a new headmaster that was pretty cool, and I thought I'm going to get in with him, like because I reckon it might be able to like my kids might be able to benefit from this, <laughs> like because I could tell that he kind of wanted to sort of. He sees role as headmaster as a bit of a celebrity role, and I thought if I drop in a couple of my mates that are off the telly, I reckon he'll be eating out of my fucking hand. So I kind of like created this little plan that I was going to go and help out the school. Uh, but he was also a copper, like a part-time copper, like oh. like a special. Uh, <laughs> and, Where are you finding all these hours? And like, when you're a headmaster as well. And like, no, I weren't a copper. No, well, no, not you. Yeah. You're talking about the headmaster. Where is he finding enough hours in the day? I've no idea. But like, I, I, then I was thinking, like, fucking hell, not only is he an headmaster, like, he, he, he wouldn't be a policeman. He would have been a cop. He's the kind of guy that would, like, slide over a bonnet, like, you know, rather than just walk around the car. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, I'm kind and like, and th- there'd always be, like, a DJ in, like, one of the tents, at, like, at the school fete. And, like, and when the headmaster would come out, he wouldn't walk across the playground. He'd, like, dance. And, like, he had a proper vibe. And I was thinking, Fucking hell, mate, yeah. Like, I reckon me and you would get on. Like, So anyway, I kind of... One of the things that he then suggested to me, would you like to come and get involved, is a online uh, online safety thing for your kids. Like, for, like, people that are, like, predatory online. 
uh, and like kids that do gaming where they get approached via the headsets and stuff like that. It's got nothing to do with in this story, but the woman that was one of the mums that was like, all my, I, would, I would equate her to the one in Motherland that's like the Queen Bee's kind of little bitch, the one that she just bullies around that's a little bit kind of, a little bit daft and like, yeah. but takes everything very seriously. Yeah, the little Irish woman. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at this meeting where literally you're just sitting in uh, an infant school whilst uh, a police officer talks about um, predators online. And uh, I was just talking about, you know, all the things to sort of safeguard your kids. So I was just like, this all makes sense. And I was trying to ask questions and get involved and, and show willingness, you know. And uh, and, <laughs> and then... Uh, out of the blue, he just went, um, has anyone else got any questions about um, uh, paedophiles in the community uh, and online predators? And I shit you not, this woman put her hand up and he went, yes. She went, I understand all of this. And I know that, you know, from what I gather, there's none um, in my street. Um, but there is um, a gay man in my street. Like, what? what should I do about that? Are you fucking joking? And oh my no, God. when you just think, you've got kids. Like, you've just asked a police officer, what's the protocol? <laughs> because there's a homosexual that lives in your road. Like, <laughs> how vigilant should you be? Like, that was one of the things where I just thought, he's definitely going to like me more than her. <laughs> <laughs> Never, I, like, no, when you just think if that was an episode of The Office, that would be the scene that everyone would be talking about. And it was like, my God, like, she was my age and, and, and just, I don't know. I don't know what somebody that had have that kind of mindset would dress like, but she just looked quite normal and, yeah, was just very concerned about, you know, what it was like to have a homosexual living in her road. Uh, and and how that could affect her children, and like, <laughs> and headmaster went, um, I, I definitely don't think you need to worry about um, having uh, a gay person uh, in your road. They're they're just the same as as me and you. They're just they're just human beings, you know. And like, and she was like literally taking notes, just going okay. And like she whether she left then that night I went back to her husband and went, well, I've just a policeman told me that apparently they're just like me and you, like. <laughs> Don't, Would you believe? Yeah. No one better than No one seemed concerned at all. I don't think we need to worry about the homosexual down the road. Like, yeah, absolutely <laughs> fucking bizarre. Um, oh, God. But, yeah, I do think that there's – it's a completely new world, like, becoming a parent. But then when you start having to kind of get involved with the Schoolgate Mafia, like, it's just different level. There's so many pla- – there's so many roads to navigate through that fucking hotbed of fucking weirdness. Yeah, they're the worst kind of people, aren't they, parents? <laughs> yeah, you always get over-keen mums that, that want to kind of, that, that give up their time for free to get involved in trips, uh, kind of helping out at every possible school thing. Then they kind of get that thing where they upgrade to like a TA and you just think, oh, you think you fucking made it now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the TAs in my kids' schools our mums. Yeah. Why? Why do they want to do something like that? No idea. 
I've no idea. I feel like there's something wrong with me. Well, yeah, I think there's something wrong with me, but we can't both be wrong. Well, we, yeah, we can, because it's only no. two of us versus, like, 500 mums. And Stu, Stu's not into it either. Yeah, don't do it for me. People often moan about um, uh, doctors, uh, receptionists, and uh-huh. uh, I would also go um, receptionists at a school office. They They feel like... They've got the key to the door. They feel like, oh, if you want to speak to the big man upstairs, the headmaster, the head cheese, numero uno, you got to go through me, and I'm not going to make it <laughs> they easy for you. the other day from the school office. Huh? I said they butt dialed you, didn't they, from the school office the other day? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of all the fucking mums to butt dial. I got a phone call and it was this teacher and I'm like, is everything okay? And she's like, oh, 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 I've called the wrong mum. And I'm like, oh, okay. Have a fucking heart attack then, shall I? Because (laughs) (laughs) that's what happens when you get a phone call from the school. It's like, it took her like a while to tell me that she'd got the wrong, oh, hello, oh, is this, oh, oh, wait, hang on a second. And I'm like, is everything okay? And they're like, oh, yes, it's Mrs. Bubba. I'm like, is Oscar okay? <laughs> like, oh, yes, sorry, I called, I, called, I called you by mistake. I'm terribly sorry about that. And then, like, there's some woman in the background, like, fucking chertling away. Like, it's the funniest thing that has ever happened. <laughs> I'm having a fucking brain aneurysm over it. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> have we got um have we got another customer we want to talk about? Or do we or do we want to do uh do we want to do a pillar talk? We're 45 minutes in. I can't believe we've oh not God, really we... spoke about customers. We've just been <laughs> no. mugging off fucking uh yeah. <laughs> we've only had one last customer, we had to fill the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, shit. Uh, she just took a massive tangent on fucking mental homophobic mothers. Uh. <laughs> um, right, well, let's have a pillow talk, shall we? Okay. Because <laughs> I do enjoy these a little bit. I zoom in on your face, Joe, when I say it. <laughs> okay, hang on. Let me swipe over just so he comes up in big. <laughs> there he is. Um, have you ever had sex on the beach? It's either yes or no, Stu. Don't think of a lie. No, 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 I haven't. No, no. What are you thinking about? You've had sex on like mud or something. <laughs> yes. You had sex on grey feet. Against a shopping trolley in about four fucking foot of mud and grace. No, no, I, because many reasons. Um, I never went on lads' holidays, like ever. So, like, I think my first lads' holiday was Portugal when I was, I don't know, 35, 36. <clears throat> so, obviously, from a very young age, I, I was making my money DJing at weekends. So, while some of my friends then kind of got involved in going to, like, Ibiza and places like that and Tenerife, and like, I just never done that. So, I never really had a lads' holiday. So, yeah, South End Beach ain't really that nice. And so I never found myself in like a kind of nice environment where uh, that kind of situation presented itself. So yeah, again, boring answer, but it's the truth. 
Well, I feel like there's a story there because you definitely like thought about it for a long time and not wondering were you thinking what constitutes a sex on a beach? Um, yeah, maybe, but like, yeah, I was just trying to think like, have I? But I, I just, I haven't. Uh, definitely not. It's a bit sandy though, isn't it? Yeah. I've got so many reasons why I wouldn't have sex on the beach. So you haven't? No. Charlie? I don't think so. No, it's... I'm, I'm like a bit of a straight-up person, like bed. Yeah. That's why it. Why like outside all the time? Yeah, like in water and like in swimming pool and all of that. I just think, no, thank you. Just God, water. Who adds water into the mix of it? I know, like sex in the bath. Like, yuck. How does that... I just about fit in a bath as it is, let alone someone else and some water. I have had sex in a bath, but like open water is like my worst nightmare. I hate swimming pools. I hate like, well, baths and showers is literally all I'll tolerate. So I've had shower and bath sex, but definitely not beach or swimming pool. What about like woodland sex? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, back in the day when like you didn't have a place of your own, you sort of had to just like make do, didn't you? Yeah. Like now, if someone was like, do you fancy going to the fucking woods and having sex? I'd be like, you off your head. I've got like this really nice bed at home and it's warm inside. <laughs> But that's the thing, though, isn't yeah. it? A lot of people like outdoor sex, don't they? A lot of people like public stuff, and like, and yeah. I don't know if it's the fear of being caught or if it's like, I guess that's the obvious kind of cliched reason. But it isn't has it? to be that because it ain't the bugs and it ain't the like being uncomfortable. Maybe it's a spontaneity. I think the spontaneous kind of side to it's like quite quite interesting. Well, yeah, but like. Can't we just be spontaneous indoors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. I just think it's that bit where it's like, I don't know, if the moment grabs you and it's just like, well, uh, okay, well, look, we've still got to get a, a train that's going to be like hour and a half. <laughs> like, it kind of... Like, fine, fine then, right. I'll l- Let's say, like, I just go along with it. Yeah, have a word with yourself. Like, to, to do it all a lot, all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to just be like, let's do this now. And then to like, opt for it because people do go and do it just because they want to do it outside. Do you think we've not got anywhere else to be? <laughs> like where? <laughs> At home. Oh, right. <laughs> I just thought you meant like, you know, should we have sex outside? Have you got anywhere else you want to be? Like, oh, right, I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll go and mow me or something. See ya. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, just like they plan to go outside and do it, and I just don't. Yeah, I'm... some people have got like a sort of a fetish about the excitement and getting caught, haven't they? Yeah. So yeah. it's like the only the only place they'll do it is outdoors, and they can't bear the thought of doing it in a bed. Have you ever been caught? But... so oh no I have but like not having sex I once went to like give uh this guy a blowjob in like a very like classic 
sex spot, I suppose it was back in the day. Sorry, a classic sex spot. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? Make out point or somewhere like that. Like, yeah, yeah, like that. So, like, it, <laughs> you've gone to make out point. <laughs> Uh, things are getting a bit heated. Carl was getting a bit. It'll be um, it'll Bill. be One Tree Hill to you, Jay, in your area. Oh right, okay, thank you. <coughs> yeah, that's a dogging hotspot. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I mean to me. Oh right, just to clarify that. <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't really a dogging thing because it was like a more a sort of like teenage type situation. Mm. I don't think dogging's really for teenagers, is it? It's dogging's when you get older. No, I think One Tree Hill is kind of both. So you've got the oh, jogging okay. section for the adults and then for the teenagers, you've got, like, the benches. and. Oh. <laughs> oh, do you know what? The last time I went to One Tree Hill, I was walking my dog and I found two pairs of knickers on a park bench. There was a bench at the top of the hill and I went to sit on it and there was just two pairs of knickers on there and I was just like, hmm, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Why two pairs? <laughs> Yeah, so I was considering doing something like that and then um, there was like a knock on the window and then that was enough deterrent for me, so that never happened again. Oh, was it a knock on the window from a dogger? No, it was like a patrol person for, oh, my God, this is so like, I sound like I come from fucking just another planet. It, the, the area was near a nuclear power station, right? <laughs> <laughs> so... The plot thickens. Uh, yeah. So it was like a security guard from yeah, from the power station. Yeah. Power station, yeah. Right. My, uh, I don't know if I mentioned my mate that uh, was getting up with the girl at uh, um, at Thorndon Park. When a what park? Thorndon Park. It's on. Um, it's, uh, it's yeah. It's not too far from One Tree Hill, uh, and, oh. and from what I gather, that's a dogging hotspot as well. Um, uh, it's a big country park on the one two seven, and uh, and yeah, my mate, at, like when we was all very young, uh, and obviously didn't have houses, you'd obviously try and find somewhere secluded and have a kiss and cuddle in the car, and uh, and he'd gone over to uh, to Thorndon Park, um, and was having a, a kiss and cuddle in the back seat of his uh, car, and literally thought, is that someone? at the end of my bonnet and uh and literally sort of sat up and then looked and there was just a bloke at the end of his bonnet knocking one out like watching and so like he sort of jumped over the seat to get in the front like with nothing on from the waist down (laughs) and absolutely he said like I should have just got out and just had a massive go at him, but I, I was so scared and I felt really vulnerable because I had nothing on. <laughs> I just pulled out of my car and like literally just drove off. When you come out of there, you get on a roundabout like instantly and then you're on the A127. And he said, I just wanted to sort of try and get back to mine, but I had to then go off down the 127 to the next available exit to turn around and go back. And he said, I've never felt more vulnerable than having uh, a, a quite perplexed um, young Scottish lady in the back of my car going, ooh, and uh, what was going, what was all that about? Whilst I literally had no trousers and pants on and driving my car <laughs> down the A127, oh. <laughs> completely fine oh from the waist God. up. But, like, how vulnerable would you feel, especially if you think, oh, God, please don't break down. Like, I can't get out of my car now because I'm literally stripped from the waist down. 
But yeah. I've had actual nightmares like that. <laughs> that sounds like an, a nightmare that I've had before. That is horrible. <laughs> Oh dear! Right, well, let's. Should we? Is there another pillar talk, or uh, or, or are we uh, going to get on to uh, our last nice person? Well, let's talk about Luke, shall we? Because I feel like he needs to. He needs a little mention. Okay. So, Luke, who is a lovely, a lovely young man, who has learning difficulties, um, but then it, not severe. So. You know, he was allowed walking around by himself. So it started off with Luke coming into <laughs> coming into the shop, and I, I think he just wanted to talk to someone because he'd come in and just smile at us, but staring, smiling. So it was a bit creepy to begin with, and um, and looking at like the DVDs and picking them up, looking at us, smiling, <laughs> staring. Putting him down, picking up another one, staring at us, smiling. <laughs> and that that went on for a couple of weeks um, before I was like, right, what's your name? He's like, Luke. And I was like, how are you doing, Luke? Do you need some help because you've been in it every day for two weeks? <laughs> um, no, I'm fine. Thank you. Um, and, yeah, then we just got chatting. And it turns out it's a South Indian United fan. Um, as was I. And yeah, just a lovely little friendship blossomed. And he came in, he started coming in every day for a little chat and we'd have a little laugh. Um, absolutely besotted with you, wasn't he? <laughs> he asked me out like every single time he came yeah. in. I had to turn him down, but he still came back. <laughs> but he'd come back and I'd be like, where's the chocolates? Like, you're coming into my shop, you haven't got any chocolates or sweets for me. And he expected me to go out of you. And he still would never come in so with sweets and chocolates. So he couldn't have been that into me. That was that was what I used to say to him anyway. Um so uh, this like, oh god, how long have we known Luke now? Oh, years. Years he'd been coming in. Yeah, like eight years. Yeah. So so this one time recently, just before we shut the shop. He, um, I was moving the bondage section around, so like the handcuffs and all of that, just re-merchandising it. Um, and I dropped one of the bull whips on the floor. So I bent down to pick it up. And as I've stood back up, Luke's sort of walked into the shop and stopped. All his um, fantasy <laughs> uh, materialised in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't like that at all um <laughs> he, so he was like a couple of meters away from the door in the shop and I was like quite near the back of the shop um so I saw I just sort of stood there and like stared at him like why has he stopped and I and he looked at my hand and I'm holding the bull whip in my hand so I've looked at my hand as well and I'm like oh god I've got a bull whip in my hand and he's staring at it and then I've looked back at him and he's looked back at me and he's freaking terrified right so I being me obviously just cracked it I just went like that with a whip <laughs> he started stepping backwards so I started walking towards him with the whip just cracking it 
and he turned around and ran down the high street and I was like calling him I was like mate mate come back I'm joking and he's gone he just bolted out gone I didn't see him for fucking oh months after that it was hilarious <laughs> I was wetting myself I mean Dressing. that's terrifying to most people <laughs> So lovely, and he didn't deserve it. But I can help it. Like you can't. You have to do these things, don't you? No, no. It presents itself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't you? Like, no, no. I thought you didn't have a choice. I'm not saying that if you had a whip in your hand, you wouldn't give it a little butcha. I mean, if yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever had a whip in my hand, but I'd like to have a go, like uh, like doing that kind of thing, because it sounds like. Do you make it crack? Like that would be great. Like, I only see that in films. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a wooden floor as well, so you can really, like, yeah. crack, crack it, can't you? Yeah, I'd definitely be up for uh, having a go. But I don't know if, like, yeah, there was someone looking awkward at me if I just sort of do it in front of them and then when they backed off, walk forward and <laughs> do it again until <laughs> <laughs> they run off. You know, like, whistling, like little lad out of the shop and like he bolted down the high street people think like what's going on in there should have bought you some chocolate really shouldn't he <laughs> yeah I really had plenty of opportunities did he ever buy anything at the shop no actually I don't think he ever did that's weird I don't think he ever did in the end but that's I guess yeah. that's just testament to the like the fact that he just wanted to be your mate. That's quite nice. Like, he just come in just yeah. for a chat. Quite like that. Yeah. He, he was so lovely. And honestly, we did meet some really lovely people at the shop that used to come in all the time. And he was probably my favourite person. Yeah. And I actually miss him. So if you're listening, Luke, which I doubt you are. <laughs> but if anyone knows Luke, tell him I love him. And I miss him. <laughs> Oh, well, that's... And I'm sorry about the whip. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've just hit the hour, and what a what a lovely conversation to end on. Someone really nice. I mean, I'm sure yeah. we'll be back next week with with more tales of just fucking lunatics doing really fucking deprived things. <laughs> but, uh, but it's nice once in a while to talk about something nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think we should. I think it's worth a mention. Yeah. I, think, I think people need to hear it because, I mean, all we ever do is just slate people and it sounds like every single person that walks through the door is like, I don't know, what do we call them? Cretins. Yeah. Specimens. <laughs> some, <laughs> some sort of specimen. <laughs> Which one are we going to do? Uh, what, what's coming up for episode five? Uh, so for episode five, we've got the Sheriff of Southend. I can't wait for that. So we're back to just absolutely horrendous people. I'm I'm all over the Sheriff of Southend. I can't wait for this one. <laughs> well, I, ladies, thank you for opening the shop today. And uh, we'll be back next time, yeah? Yeah, see you next time. See ya.